0: The bread of this world. That's good, man. It's amazing when it turns into eternal life. And these are in the public schools, some of the hardest schools in Southern California. Yeah, we are in Monroe High School. Um, it's full, head-on collision there. They have a full-on section, gay, lesbian. They're going, at, I mean, everything you can imagine is going on. And we go right in the heart of it all. We fill the gymnasium up. The whole gymnasium gives their life to Christ. So what we do is this. We turn on... We put our block rocker, we turn that baby on, we pump some Rocky Balboa, you know, a little, little eye of the tiger. I get like five kids and we, we give out prizes or whatever and I'm like, everybody! You know, and like I start working them out and whoever like basically does the best like in their jumping jack, getting down routine or whatever, they win their prize and then the gospel goes forth and the kids all give their life to Christ and it's, ra- it's radical one day, we filled up the gym. They all gave their life to Christ. We come outside of the gym, and there's a whole soccer team, and they're preparing for their game. And they're not on the field, but they're about to like do their thing and then just take off or whatever. So we end up rounding them all up. We preach the gospel. Not one of them is willing to give their life to Christ. One guy gets a word of knowledge. He says, who here has pain in their body? And the guys go, me, me, and me. So we look at him. We say, hey, you, pray for him. He's going to get healed right now. So a guy that doesn't believe prays for this guy on his team (laughs) that has pain. That guy gets healed. Then the next guy who has pain gets prayed for by another guy who doesn't believe. That guy gets healed. Another guy who has pain gets prayed for by another guy who doesn't have a relationship with Christ and he gets healed. Then we look at him and say, who wants to give their life to Christ? And they all give their life to Christ. (laughs) So... Yeah, it's happening everywhere, every moment, every second, in every place, in the malls, everywhere. Um, The radical ones came for a season. Now they're being spread out everywhere. And uh, they joined us. We brought armies of people out of these public schools. You've never seen this. We're rolling in with the guitars and the block rockers right in public schools, right in the middle of darkness raging at the highest level. Somar High School. They got murders in the surrounding area. They got 15 cops there. They set up fights and gangsters jump the fence and beat up the kids. And then they set up three fights at a time. So the administration goes in confusion. They have same-sex marriage right on the quad in front of everything. Like all out, full-blown darkness. And this next week, we're going to get on that quad and we're going to preach the gospel. But it's not going to be just a little... Uh, sweet message we're going to face off with that dragon that beast and we're going to confront that strong man on that campus and we're going to see mass salvation this year we've seen their auditorium filled up all giving their life to Christ and uh, yeah so it's just amazing it's a just a beautiful thing to do life with Christ and then walk this thing out with just those that are armed and and ready for all that that God is because it's just being armed with life you know, being armed with truth, the weapons of our armor, you know, the armor of righteousness, the, the weapons in the right hand and the left, you know, it's like He's armed us, we're equipped. Our tool belt doesn't need anything else. Like we got the armor of our Father on, you know, this is the Father's armor. And the way that the Father wrote His letter to us is in every stripe in His Son. He engraved a love letter. He used an engraving device and he dug deep and that's how we're armed. We're armed because he was able to disarm every power, every authority and make a public spectacle of them all. And then he arms us and clothes us in his righteousness. We get to wear him everywhere we go. Imagine that. I fit perfectly inside of the lamb. And I wear him and follow him wherever I go. I just zipped up. I climbed in and zipped up. And showed up inside of the lamb. Yeah. It's such an amazing invitation. The cross is an invitation to climb in. To be acquainted with the man of many sorrows. So that where you've been sorrowful, there can be joy. Where there's been ashes, you can be beautified. It's just amazing. What a gift, huh? To go to the cross and partake. (laughs) That's the greatest place to go. It's the quickest place to exchange. You can't exchange on any other table, on any other trading floor, and receive directly. There's a lot of mixture out there and a lot of things that people trade with in order to get something. But when you go there, it's pure. It's undefiled. There's nothing in it that's not the truth in love. But the truth is a sword. It cuts really deep, but it's worth it. What would it look like to be cut deep, but know that the surgeon just doesn't leave you that way? He stays there through it all until you're fully put back together. But you can't have a comforter unless there's uncomfortability, unless you go through some things, you can't become who you were created to be. That's why there's fire. But refiners' fire, there's nothing like it. What does the silversmith do when he puts the silver in the fire? He waits for one thing. Yeah, he waits for something, though. So he doesn't take it out prematurely. Why? Yeah, but prematurely would mean he would still have something flawed in it right he doesn't take it out too late because then it would just be flimsy but right at the point there's an image in it the perfect image is seen right there the image of God is in the fire God is the fourth man in the fire but he was already there and when you're in the fire you can never burn because you're already burning When you're in him, you're on fire and you're burning. And no matter what fiery trial comes your way, all you have is joy. All you have is extreme peace. Do you know how many people want what we have just because we have peace in the middle of it all? Like the teachers that we walk onto these campuses, they lose it because we have kids literally trying to take us out for this pizza. We go into these lower-income schools where, like, pizza's a big deal. Like, they'll jump you for the pizza. Not, it's not, not even a joke. They're coming from all angles, hundreds of kids. And we go into classrooms that can only fit 50, and they're trying to fit 500 because these kids want the pizza. And the teachers are losing it. And we're just sitting there with perfect peace. And the teacher's like, I only want them to be spoken to because they're the ones in the Christian club. We're like, but those are the ones. (laughs) No, but we don't, but we don't, we speak in a peaceful manner. (laughs) But, but, but basically our heart is for all the ones, the hard cases, the drug dealers. We want the gangsters. We want all the trouble. We want the ones that stand up, the class clown, every one of those, those are our next leaders. Those are our next forerunners. Those are the pioneers. Those are the ones that are going to take the land. Those are those Joshua's that will go where he says to go. And everywhere he goes, everything is theirs because they won't be ashamed. They're not afraid. They're going all the way in the realm of darkness. When they get translated out, they're going all the way so much further in that glorious light, that gospel light. So these kids that we share the gospel with, we just broadcast the gospel in classrooms where it's loaded to the brim, but then there's all these kids trying to get in, and we make sure that they don't leave. And then at the end of it, the teacher's like, but why aren't you, you know, like, just getting them out of here, and why is it this and that? And we just talk to these teachers, and they're like, how are you so peaceful? What is wrong with you? (laughs) Don't you see what they're trying to do? All they want is the pizza. They could care less about this. da 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 But guess what happens? Seed is sown. Water comes upon seed and increase comes. And not a single word falls to the ground. Nothing falls to the ground if it comes from the spirit of truth that leads into all truth. The spirit of truth can't be competed with. The Spirit of Truth has won every battle before the battle ever started. Come on. The Spirit of Truth already won. The Spirit of Truth is you chosen in Him before the foundation of the world to be holy and without blame before Him in love. That means 100 million swimming, but the Spirit of Truth said, you've already made it. And then, boop, you're in the egg. And then the formation... And all of the different things that play into it. But the spirit of truth. That leads you into all truth. Was saying yes. You are. Going to be fully formed. And you're going to come. Out of that womb. And you're going to live. However long you're going to live. In your own strength. In your own understanding. By your own merit. Working. By the sweat of your brow. Trying your best. Or rebelling and caring less. And then suddenly, spirit of truth, the alarm goes off. The awakening occurs. The overshadowing comes. The new birth, the new creation, the new life. Eternity comes into time and swallows up death and destroys it. And the victory of the cross is now a banner over you. And it's L-O-V-E. It's just the waving of the victorious one over your life. And that's what we all have. We have the spirit of truth, but there's a spirit of air. There's a spirit that's so twisted, that's so conniving, that's so deceptive. It's that immoral woman. It's that woman of folly. It's that seductress, that mistress that moves in the dark masquerades like an angel of light the one that breathes out venom and poison and has these crafty measures these cunning crafting schemes that complicate and twist things to take you away from the simplicity that's in the Christ he espoused us under one and he calls us chaste virgins He calls us that virgin that's spoken about when we talked about the Shulamite. He calls us ones that have never been around the block, that have never been stuck in the brothel. He calls us those that are undefiled, but the thing is is that there's one that wants to come and slither in and take over like a flesh-eating disease. And it's really slow. Because does the enemy, the father of lies, does he speak blatant lies or does he speak 95% truths? Why would he speak mostly truth? What's the problem with deception? You don't even know it's there. When you don't know it's there, guess what? Every wicked thing is looking For any entrance point. And he's like a lion. Seeking whom he may devour. So once there's something. That's vulnerable and susceptible. He will pounce. He doesn't have the authority. Of the lion of Judah. So he can't face off. With the spirit of truth. But he can await. For air. To slip in. Through that conniving crafty measure. Those wiles of the enemy. That trickery. And work that angle and then seduce you into that thing. And then suddenly you're a slave to that thing. So this is the spirit of truth confronting the spirit of error. And if we have the spirit of truth, the spirit of truth will give us a discernment in the midst of it all. Hearing his voice keeps us safe. And discernment comes, but it's a sword. The Lord told me that the two-edged sword that we have to carry in this hour is love and discernment. Love bears all things and believes all things. But discernment and love is great in the midst of thinking the best, in the midst of laying down your life. There's an importance where you have to stay in that edge of discernment in the midst of believing the best in the midst of bearing all things, in the midst of hoping that something's going to change. And when you get that revelation and that light shines in the darkness, there's no justification. There's no more excuses. It's time because the fear of the Lord is to depart from evil. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. The fear of the Lord is the knowledge of the Holy One. The fear of the Lord will lead you into all truth through the spirit of truth. If you give yourself to the doctrine of demons, to those things that seem right to a man that end in death, to those dark images that are being portrayed as light, what will happen is, is that you'll slowly be taken over and then there won't be discernment that will set off that alarm when that thing's trying to creep and take over another area of your soul. So I want you guys to understand that we're in a battle and it's raging. And right now, we have to put our feet in the ground and we have to stand in the truth of this glorious gospel. And we need to be girded, girded with the belt of truth. Our loins have to be filled. Our loins have to have the truth. We have to feed from Him and Him alone. Every other feeder has something in it that will taint, twist, pervert, manipulate, and maneuver itself. But when we feed from him the pure milk of the word, you will grow up into all things, the head. You will mature, and you will be beautified, and the bride that you were created to be will emerge. It's so perfect. He set you up and he allowed you to go from having nothing, having no ability, to depending on your own ability, to trying to do the best or rebelling as we spoke, to giving yourself to the one that did everything perfectly and gives you his track record and wipes your old resume And then he says, stand in me and continue to stand and you are free. Go back to the old ways. Think on those things that you used to think on with that mind that's supposed to be turned off. The mind of Christ is the only mind that thinks like him. And the way that he thinks is a mind that never turns off. And his mind's constantly going. That's why he never sleeps or slumbers. He can't stop thinking of you. And the thoughts that he has for you, they're not of evil. They're not to tell you how wicked you are, but they will alert you to wickedness. They will alert you to deceit. They will alert you to trickery. They will alert you to those vile schemes of the enemy. So we are being imparted to right now by the spirit of truth. The spirit of truth is here to lead us into all truth so we're armed and we're prepared for those things that are coming. Does anybody know that there's a lot of itching ears that are drawing on the spirit of air right now that are causing the airwaves to be plagued with so many assignments that look so lofty? but are filled with so much poison. See, the itching ear gets seduced, and then the itching ear draws that thing, and that thing starts bringing poison from every angle. And then suddenly, there's a people that are defiled, and then they no longer can reproduce. The enemy's coming to emasculate. He wants to shut off reproducers. If you can't reproduce, you can't keep. What you have. See, Sarah asked me today. She said, how do I keep this fire? And I said, you find somebody and you give everything that you have to that person. And you stay with them long enough until they understand what they have. And that's when you'll understand that the fire inside of you will never burn out. But the moment you put your eyes... On those things, the cares of this life, the pride of life, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes. You go back to routine, conference to conference, this thing to that thing. And you aren't finding somebody and making disciples and letting them know the cost of discipleship. What will happen is, is that flame that was surrounding you because some fire came around you and you now were imparted to or you are now under somebody's covering won't be there. So why do people go from conference to conference but when they go to their bedroom they're not alive? It's because when they come into a building such as this, they come into a realm and they're alive and everything's active and everything's firing on all cylinders. But when they go into their bedroom they have a choice to make. Am I going to put my face in his face or am I going to put my face in Facebook? Am I going to turn myself, <laughs> right? That's awesome. In to the enemy by putting on pornography? Am I going to give myself away to the one that wants to spend me? Or am I going to go the way that we used to go, but that way was shut off? He put an end to that way. If you would yield, you would see that patience is the weapon that exposes deception. If you would stop and listen in the midst of chaos, deception would be exposed. But what happens is is you get up and charged from atmosphere and then you get busy and the enemy weaves his agenda in. So don't let atmosphere charge you. Let the Lord Jesus Christ make his home inside of you in such a way where you are consumed with his consumed with his passion, but your passion must be to reproduce or you will be stolen from and you'll lose the very thing that you thought you had. If you're not reproducing reproducers and multiplying and being fruitful, you'll lose the keys. The dominion, the authority to subdue will be shut off. The moment you are deceived, what happens? Let's go to the garden. You hide, right? And you're filled with shame, guilt, and condemnation. Can you multiply at that point? Can you be fruitful? Can you subdue? Can you take dominion? There's, There's no opportunity to do so because you can't put your mind on anything but yourself because you're closed. You're shut off. You're bound. You're veiled. All you see is me, myself, and I, and you don't even like what you see. So that's the beauty of reproducing. That's the beauty of giving away what you freely received. That's the beauty of taking on His image, being an image bearer, and reflecting Him into somebody else. And watching that somebody else take something that didn't cost them anything but cost you Everything because discipleship is very expensive and grace is very expensive. Grace is so expensive. Can you fathom what it took to bring this wretched man that I was out of this nasty, horrific existence and translate this? And nasty, nasty, no good for nothing, pitiful, wretched, miserable, naked man that I was. And translate me into the kingdom of the Son of His love. John seventeen twenty six. Father, I have declared to them your name and will declare it. That the love that you love me with may be in them. And that I may be in them. The same love the father had for son is the same love that abides in you. The same son that the father gave abides in you. Can you imagine if there was a convergence between daddy's love for son that's absolutely yours and son and the co-union and the joining together? You know what that would look like? Does anybody ever read Colossians 3? For I died and my life is hidden with Christ in God. But when Christ who is your life appears, then you appear with him also in glory. Guess where the glory's at? The glory's in the Father's love for his son that he bestows upon you and the son that he injects into your DNA. It's the anointing, right? Christ in you. Is it the 33-year-old Jewish man? Even though I walk up to people all the time. Five gangbangers. And I go, hey guys, I got something I got to tell you. I got to come clean. I can't take it anymore. I let a 33-year-old Jewish man move in. And I fell in love with him. <laughs> and they're like, and they start to give me counsel. And I let him do it. And I let him know, his name's Jesus Christ, you know? Him? So it wasn't Mary and Joseph Christ. That's good. That'll work. It was it Mary and Joseph Christ. And we don't have a 33 year old Jewish man inside of us, but we have the Christ, the Christos, yes. the anointed one. We're smeared with God Himself. We are grafted in to the God that spoke the worlds into existence. We're grafted in to the voice. Yeah. We're grafted in to the sound. Yeah. We're grafted in to light that emerges from darkness. We're grafted in to the incubation station. We're grafted in to the mother of us all, the new Jerusalem. We're grafted in. We have a life, and our life is found in Him. So Christos, the Christ, the Messiah to be smeared with God, the anointing that lifts the burden, destroys the yoke of bondage. That is what courses through our being and that is what dominates everything that we used to think upon, everything we used to be related to, everything that used to be common to us, every familiar thing. And the anointing destroys the yoke of bondage. The anointing is pinpoint and it will go to the root. But you have to yield to it. The Christ in you. The hope of glory. So Paul writes to the church at Colossae. Is that how you would pronounce it? Colossae. So he says this in Colossians 1.24. I rejoice in my sufferings for you. I rejoice in my sufferings for you. That I may fill up in my flesh what was lacking in the afflictions of Christ. For the sake of his body. The church. Did anything lack. When the man Christ Jesus went to the cross. Not a single thing. But if the father. Through his great grace. Reveals to me something. That I don't deserve. And you don't know. What it is. That he did. I carry that. Affliction of Christ in my body so that you can see what it looks like to have love on display. And when I stay there, you will want what I have and you want to be like the one whom I have. How long can I stand in that place where you don't do anything for me and I'm laid down all in for you? How long can I stay there when you don't even want To be around me? How long can I smile when you want to smite me? How long can I give when all you want to do is take from? That's the revelation that Paul came to, that brought about the revelation of the gospel. Before he gave the mystery that had been revealed, he came to this revelation. Does anybody want to know what it looks like to sin? What it looks like to sin is this. Jesus Christ already took the sins of the world. And Jesus Christ was one sacrifice once and for all. But he's an eternal sacrifice. That means what he did is still speaking. And what he did is continuing on. So what he did, if it's not complete in you, guess where he still is? He's still hanging there. And until that thing, that's in operation in our lives, gets crucified with Christ, He can't come off the tree and become your life. And if He's not your life, you can't appear with Him also in glory. If He's on the tree, you've cuffed His hands. You've smeared His face. When you're on the tree, He comes out of you. And you appear with Him also in glory. Are you catching it? He's crucified once and for all. He's the sacrifice that put an end to all other sacrifices. And His sacrifice still speaks. His blood still speaks. But if His blood's not speaking in your life, this is what He's doing. And He's cuffed and He can't become your life until you give Him your life. Until your life is His, His life Can't be yours, though he gave his life for you. It's so simple, but the way that seems right, that little crafty, cunning serpent that slithers through the grass, right? That one, once he comes and he brings his confusion, he complicates it, everything, right? Is now a mess. But he is the maker of all. And he's the message maker of all. And he loves to take messes and turn them into greatest messages. And he loves to take those things in our life where we were full-blown. And he loves to turn it and cause us to be full-blown in the other direction. See, for me, I was pride-filled, ambitious-driven, success-oriented, filled with me, myself, and I. My dad, at the age four years old brought me to a 12 foot flagpole and he said climb it son I said I can't climb that he said I believe in you son climb it and I went right up there and all of a sudden there was nothing that was ever impossible I could do everything I had a lot of strength I was a baseball player fastest player the hardest thrower the most intense the most extreme die to win would give my whole life on the field. 100%, probably like 500%. Everything was on there. I would lose a game, punch people in the line. I'd lose a game, and I'd be filled with rage. I thought I had it all together. My parents were there for me. I actually had a family that was there. Mom, prayer warrior, Jewish. She grew up Jewish. No traditionalism, but she's a Jew. And she gives her life in the 70s Jesus movement. She's a prayer worker. She prays for me every single day with a prayer partner. And I run in my own strength, lean on my own understanding, acknowledge nothing but my own selfish ways. Give people no time except I would hang out with you if you had something to offer me. I live at the expense of others. I would definitely hang around you, if there was something you had to offer. There was so much that I could have been grateful for, and I could cuss my mom out when she brought me food to my college baseball game in front of a guy that had no food—a gangbanger, colonial chicas written on his chest—and he'd look at me and he'd hold it in and he'd say, "What's wrong with this guy? I don't even have." Food, And his mom's bringing him food and he's cussing her out. This guy hears that I got transformed. He calls me. He tells me a story. In junior college, I was a full-on raging, selfish, self-centered, self-seeking, self-absorbed person that had nothing to offer anybody, wanted everything from everybody. And this guy hears I get transformed, so he calls me and tells me about this brother died, this brother died, my dad died, this happened, this happened. Gangbanger grows up where it's rough. All of a sudden, we connect. And now, the last brother he has goes into a coma. The whole family has seen everybody die. So the whole family's bedside, he invites me to the hospital as I walk into the room, the whole family's paying their respects and they're doing the routine thing, preparing for death. And I walk in there, and we pray, and we put our hand on this guy for one hour and like oils dripping out of our hand, and we declare to all the family members, "You prophesy over him right now." They're either non-believers or Catholics. And they command him to live out of what we commanded them to say. We leave. All of a sudden, he's up, he's whole, and he's out. We go to his home. He gives his life to Christ. Three months later, back on the stuff, passes away. But this guy, he knew somebody wretched. He knew somebody ungrateful. He knew somebody so wicked that they would cuss somebody out, their own mother, when their mother was giving, driving all the way out there to junior college, not even that close to the house, just to bring food. But this guy heard something. The woman at the well, she met somebody. How does this gospel go forth? It's so simple. Be Him to the person in front of you. Be Him to your stepmother. Be Him to your uncle. Be Him to your neighbor. How do I be Him? How do I wear what He's wanting to put on me? Simple. Get alone. Turn it all off. And seek Him with all your heart. And you'll find Him. He's already found you. He knows everything about you. There's not a strand of hair that's not accounted for. He knew your end from your beginning. Before you ever started, He was already there. Before it all wraps up, He's already there. He's just asking for surrender. He's asking for a trade. He's asking for a mercy gift to come out. He's asking for compassion to begin to move you again. Because there's two people in here that had mercy gifts but got jaded hardened. And no longer do they move in their mercy gifts. There's somebody in here that used to be moved by compassion and see somebody hurting and either stop or desire to stop. But then they got condemned because they didn't stop. And guess what? The thief came in and put something over that gift of compassion. And you know what happened? There's really no compassion anymore. Now when you walk by, guess what happens? You don't even notice them. That's how the deceiver works. You see the cunningness of the serpent, the crafty measures? He will use your gift against you to take it from you. But He doesn't really take it from you because He doesn't own anything. He just veils it, deceives you that it's not there, and then you're all the way distracted and you're living completely separated from that amazing thing that was yours all along. So the Colossians scripture, to bear the sufferings of Christ. It's not really spoken about that often that Christ himself, the one who did it all, there has to be somebody willing to come into that all and bear it all in front of somebody that has no clue Who here is willing to carry this flame to somebody that doesn't know His name or somebody that would use His name in vain? Or somebody that would take from you and use His name to take from you? Just give into this thing! and Right? We've all seen things misused. We've all seen things that have come from that lying spirit, that spirit of air, but why be jaded by that spirit when the spirit of truth is here, and he can lead you into all truth, back into that mercy gift, back into that compassion, and guess what, when that person is there, you're going to see him this time, but you're going to be tested to the max, because your hands are going to be sweaty, and you're going to be in a hurry, and you're not going to want to stop. But if you make that trade and you stop, do you know what's going to happen? Everything that the thief stole is going to get recouped and sevenfold returns. Everything in that gift that hadn't even expanded will suddenly like light just burst from you. And then you'll see the six others. That you had passed by. That you really didn't see that often. Even when you had that gift prior. Because you had this tuning fork in you that were tuning you to that person. Because God, he'll highlight. And we'll get drawn. But sometimes when that gift opens up. And that thing comes alive. Then all of a sudden our radar is expanded and now we're able to take more ground expand the pegs of your tent right why because wow. he's preparing us to take more ground he's preparing us to be strengthened in the and lengthen the cords and stretch it out let's expand let's take ground but we have to see and we have to hear and we have to follow through and obey to take back those things that had been seemingly stolen, but were really never his. The thief, he thought he had it all, but what happened to him when he said it is finished? So, in the all that he thinks that he has, he doesn't really have what he has. If you would awaken to what you have, it's all returned, and there is a payout for the thief. See, When you come into alignment, when you come in to position, then comes the provision. But when you're out of alignment and out of position, does the God that created the heavens and the earth stop that account from accruing compound interest? Or are there things racking up in there waiting for you to get aligned so you can receive everything that's been going on? Because what does your God do? Does He redeem the Time... See, redeem the time because the days are evil. Redeem the time because the thief is at work. Redeem the time because there's been cunning, crafting assignments that have been trying to take you off course. Redeem the time because the cross is the narrow way. The difficult way, but it leads to life. Redeem the time by coming to the truth. Redeem the time by surrendering the lie so that the truth can live. Redeem the time... By looking in the face of the one that every one of these words came out of. What if you saw this as a real face and a real person speaking to you? A dad that likes to sit at a table with his child and have conversation. But the father is the best listener and he will hear you out. He knows everything you're going to say before you ever say it. And he will hear you out and listen. And everything that needs to come out when it does, then he comes in. He knows exactly when to come in. Do you guys remember the first night we were here? Lift up your heads, O you gates. Be lifted up, you everlasting doors, so the king of glory may come in. And what happened? We went in a war, didn't we? Contractions, labor pains, birth pangs, travail, ah and then what? He came in, and then all drinks were on the house. Because guess what happened after he came in? We came out. We appeared with them also in glory. When Christ, who is your life, appears, you appear with them also in glory. Who's your life? Church. Who is it? What does that look like? Your life's the anointed one. What does that mean? Your life's the chosen one. What does that mean? Your life's the son of God. What does that mean? That's your life. Your life is God's life. Your life is his. It doesn't belong to you. Now that is a drink worthy of pouring your life doesn't belong to you you mean you don't answer for you he answered when you said yes he accepted you when you rejected him so that he can show you that he'll never reject you he'll never discount you if you see how valuable you are we magnify lies by giving our attention to those things and putting our focus in on them. And whatever we focus in on is going to magnify. Whatever we give our attention to is going to come alive. Whatever we behold is what we become. But there are certain things that are in our blind spots that we don't even have a clue that are there. He wants to give us wisdom tonight to fight battles and overcome familiar things and destroy strongholds and reasonings and arguments and those things that have been there all along that we've just been victim to and we've just said we can't overcome. So what we do is we just weasel around it or we just sweep it or or we just give into it. But it does not have to be that way. It can be crucified. The wisdom of God and the power of God is Christ. Imagine if the anointing in you, the wisdom in that anointing and that power in that anointing revealed to you everything that's in operation that's coming out of the wrong tree, that's coming out of the mind that's under the curse, and literally you experience the opposite tonight. What if you were able to make that trade because Christ, the wisdom of God, And the power of God comes alive inside of you. So that's what we want tonight. We want the wisdom of God and the power of God to ignite us tonight. So, the wisdom of God and the power of God. The spirit of wisdom and revelation. The power that raised Christ from the dead. The spirit of truth that leads us into all truth. The exosia, authority, authority over everything that's ever had a foothold. And anything that's a stronghold, the stronger one's here tonight. And He's breaking that thing. The strong man will not take from you any longer. Right now, in Jesus' name, I command high things, elevated things, lofty things, things that have exalted themselves fabrications, truth that has been woven by a lie because of mixture and things that are contorted and twisted and distorted right now. I command those things to disintegrate right now at the sound of the anointing, at the sound of Christ, the wisdom of God and the power of God. I command those reasonings, those justifications right now and those excuses... To be exploded right now by dunamis power. The exosia authority. The strength of the right hand of the Father right now. In Jesus' name. Everything in the mind that's perplexing. Every complication. Everything that's twisted right now. I command it to untwist. I command every serpent right now that operates from the neurological system. Everything that's woven its agenda in there. I command a straight wave. A straight path. I command your mind to begin to listen. I command your mind to be completely conformed to the image of Christ. The anointed one. The wisdom of God and the power of God. To dominate your mind. Your spirit man, rise up and subdue your mind right now in Jesus name. We declare it now that there is transformation occurring right now in Jesus name there's real transformation, there's real trades being made, there's exchanges, there's lies dissipating, there's truth coming forth, there's trades being made, give up the lie, the truth is here, the truth will rise up, the truth is so good, desire the truth, the truth makes you free, Do you want to be free tonight? Do you want to know Him and the power of His resurrection and the fellowship of His sufferings being conformed to His death? Do you want to know the One who took the keys back? The One who has victory over death. The One who has victory over the grave. The One who could not be contained in the tomb for the garden tomb was the One He rose from. And the same Adam That was formed in the garden. The same Adam that went astray. All things died because of that Adam. But in that last Adam. All things come alive. In that last Adam. He had the authority to give up his life. And the authority to pick it back up. So I declare right now. The truth is being picked back up. All those things that told you. Those things are things of the past. Those gifts are no longer in operation. You are no longer that person that's accepted. You are no longer your fathers. You are guilty. You are condemned. You are shame-filled. All those things are disintegrating and the truth is rising up right now. In Jesus' name, the overshadowing right now, the brooding over right now, the Spirit breathes into you right now the Father sent the Son, and as the Father sent the Son, He sends you into all the world to proclaim this glorious gospel. Every single person is waiting for the anointed one in you and you in the anointing. Every person you encounter is waiting for your life hidden with Him. And your life appearing with Him. Your life in the closet and your life at the mall. That is your life hidden with Him. And that's your life appearing with Him. Will you stop chasing fantasies? Will you stop going after high and lofty things? And will you get real with Him in secret and allow Him to be a rewarder of you? And open. Will you allow him to reward you? He can't reward you unless you go out and give him away. And you give away what you freely received. And you lie down and you pour out everything at his feet. And when the fragrance of worship comes upon him and you pour out all that you are, guess what happens? All that he has gets on you. And then you diffuse the fragrance of his knowledge. As the aroma filled every room in the home, as Mary of Bethany put her face to His feet, as she poured out all that was in the alabaster box, every alabaster box inside of you breaks right now in Jesus' name. Everything in you that's been hard, that's been tough, that's been hanging on, right now, let it... In Jesus' name. The moment you are poured out, everything that He is gets on you. And the fragrance fills the room and fills every other room. Right now. Draw near right now in Jesus' name. Catch this right now. The spirit of truth. Catch this. There's a memorial in her name for wherever the gospel goes. That means that as the fragrance filled the room, the glory of the Lord is promised to cover the earth as the waters cover the sea. And there's a memorial in this laid down lover's name because she poured herself out. His name is ointment being poured forth. He's put his name inside of you. He's branded you with his name. If somebody cut out your heart, would ointment be poured for? Let him cut your heart right now and pour out That alabaster box is not for you to hold on to. All the deficit, all the increase. all the past, all the present, all the future. Surrender it right now. Let it crash and land on his feet. And use your hair to wipe it into his feet and prepare him for glory. Prepare him for the honeymoon that he's going to have with you. The honeymoon was in the tomb. Ha <laughs> ha. The rising up is doing life. And when you rise up, and you do life with somebody, it doesn't seem like the honeymoon after six months, or at least for my wife and I, but love gives you a choice. And I made the choice at the altar, on the honeymoon, and I still make the choice that everything that's mine is hers. So I release that to you right now. Be aware that eternal rewards are greater than what you've known. Be aware that one act of laying your life down can mean the full reward for the lamb and you as wife receiving the full measure without the death of the testator. Without His will, there's no inheritance. There's no payout. Well, guess what? Mary of Bethany is our example of the bride of Christ. She's inheriting everything that her husband inherits as the kingdoms of this world become his. As everything that the enemy brought him to on that mountain when the Holy Spirit took him into the mountain to be tempted of the devil. Every one of those things the bride inherits because the bride has the name above every name. And at that name, every knee bows, every tongue confesses. And everything is hers. The bridal company are those that have the full inheritance. And He's calling you into that place tonight. In Jesus' name. Holy Spirit, seal it. You're the spirit of promise. You're the guarantee. You seal. You shut things off. You hem things in. And you bring things forth. Thank you, Holy Spirit of truth. You are the way maker, you are the baptizer. Fire. Fire. God of Elijah, answer by fire. God of Moses, consuming fire. God of Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, fourth man in the fire. God of Ezekiel, raise dead bones. Fire! God of Jeremiah, fire in the bones. Fire in the bones. Your marrow is going to burn. He divides your joints from your marrow, and you're about to burn. Holy fire, right now, in Jesus' name.